What is up, everybody? Welcome to the uh, first episode of the Stock Market Amateur, our radio program. Tonight, we are going to go slow. We're going to review a company that is near and dear to my heart. It's my favorite company. It's made me some cash, and I think it'll make uh, some cash for others. And let's jump right in. It is the Teflon Don Microsoft MSFT ticker. This company, you probably have heard of it. It makes Windows. It makes Xbox. It makes the Azure Cloud. It owns GitHub. It owns LinkedIn. It owns the entire world. This company is exceptional for a lot of reasons. There are a few that I want to point out specifically. Um, but before I do, I just kind of want to go through the structure of this episode just to keep myself organized since it's the first time I'm doing it. And I don't know how far I'm going to get and or if this is going to sound like garbage. So what I was planning on doing was just uh, looking at Microsoft and doing a company profile on Microsoft. Kind of going through the major business lines uh, just so that people who are new to investing would uh, find that helpful. Next, I'm gonna review the chart, uh, the, the prior two year charts, and if we wanna go back even further, we can. Then I'm gonna look at some of the news, the recent headlines that Microsoft has been a part of. And then lastly, we're gonna review the conversation strings on Yahoo Finance, which is one of my favorite pastimes. So let's take a look. So I'm gonna just gonna pull up Microsoft here. Stand by. So my friend Wikipedia is going to help me here. So the, they have a lot of business lines, obviously. Um, their revenue was $125.8 billion in 2019. Uh, their market cap is massive. Uh, it's probably around a trillion dollars on the, on the market. So that's huge. One of the biggest companies in the world. $43 billion in operating income, 39.2 net income. I don't really care about any of that. It's going to sound sacrilegious to a lot of you, and it probably is too, but I'm small-minded, and I don't necessarily think that the way a stock trade has very much to do with the actual money that it makes. I think on a given, on a, on, on a given earnings release, it does. If they're missing or matching or exceeding their earnings forecast, then it definitely um, affects it, But but just the fact that the company you know, is making money isn't going to mean that the stock goes up. So the main business lines from Microsoft are split into products and services. The products being the things that we all know, Windows, Office, uh, Skype, Visual Studio, Microsoft Dynamics, which is an ERP system, the Xbox, 
Surface, which is the Surface laptops, tablets, etc., and then mobile. Uh, I don't know if they are making very many Windows phones anymore, uh, but they apparently still have a mobile business line. So they also have services. Now, services is the most important part of this, in my view. The services are where you get the high multiples that are attached to some of these software as a service companies uh, like Microsoft and Adobe and uh, Salesforce and Autodesk. And there's a thousand of these companies that uh, are software as a service companies. And the reason why their multiplier is higher than your your um, traditional product-based hardware companies. Um, what's a good example of that? A, a good example of that is probably like an old, like a Cisco Systems, um, a Micron, you know, some of those other those other companies is is because the service software as a service model is a, is a subscription-based model. And a subscription-based model means that the revenue is more predictable and the market pays a premium for predictability and that sort of thing. So I digress. So back to the business line. So products and services. Services, we have the Azure cloud. This is probably the most important piece of Microsoft. Um, LinkedIn, obviously, we know we all are probably on LinkedIn or have no people who are. Uh, Office 365 is a big one. GitHub. GitHub is the global repository, developer repository for code bases. It's huge. It's massive. Um, I, I, I think that was an incredible acquisition by Microsoft. It was acquired about a year or two ago, and it, it's huge. And then I'm just gonna I'm gonna skip a couple. And I'm gonna go 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 to Xbox. So Xbox is a, is a big um, is a big hitter too for for Microsoft. Now. Why do I like Microsoft more than some of these other companies? And why did I choose Microsoft to be the first company that I talked about, the first profile I decided to go through? I like Microsoft because of its consistency, because of its lack of volatility relative to other major tech stocks, and because of the trend, meaning the chart. The Microsoft chart is a thing of beauty. If you haven't looked at it, please do. It only goes one direction, and that's up, up and to the right. And there's two schools of thought to the chart. But before I get into that, I just want to close the loop on the the business lines. So we have pro just to reiterate, we have products and we have services. The services are most important. The within services, the Azure cloud is the most important business line, in my opinion, that Microsoft has. It's the it's the growth engine for the stock. It's going to fuel the earnings beats that Microsoft is going to book for years to come. So what, what, what do we mean when we say Azure? So Azure is a cloud-based solution for major companies to store data and to work with data. 
So as the world generates more and more data, it makes less and less sense for individual companies to house their own data themselves. So say you're a big bank or you're a big industrial or you're a big consumer products company or you're any big company in any industry. You have a choice to make. You're generating these massive amounts of data, customer data, internal data. You're you're gathering data from the web. You're using it for marketing. You're using it for sales. You're using it for finance. You're using it for basically every internal and external function that your company has. There's a, at some point, as you're generating all this data, you have to make a decision about where to store the data. You have two choices. You can buy uh, servers, which are basically computers that are specially made to house data and allow um, people to connect to and retrieve data from, you know, from those servers, which is very expensive. Doing that is very expensive. Buying that yourself, maintaining it yourself, uh, the configuration, it's a very expensive proposition to house your own data. Or you can go to a company like Microsoft and you can buy space in their data centers and they'll house the data for you. They'll set it up all for you. They'll administer the environments. They'll let you access it. It'll, it'll be just like you bought it, only they're doing it. So that's that specificity that they provide and the scale that they provide means that they can make a massive profit off of off of you and you will still pay less than you would housing all of your own data by buying all the hardware so that's what people call you know big data data center cloud computing microsoft has a huge huge piece of this the other big players in this area are amazon web services which i don't have the pie chart in front of me it doesn't really matter um but I think Amazon Web Services is, is actually a lot bigger than Microsoft in this area. But but uh, Microsoft is growing rapidly, and Amazon is too. Um, we will definitely get into Amazon later. I, that could be a, a whole episode. So, long story short, the Azure cloud has massive profit percentages, massive growth rates. It's going to be the engine of growth for the next decade. In my opinion, the next decade is elite at least and is the key reason why Microsoft's stock is performing the way it's been performing. So that's a good transition into the stock itself and the chart. So if you look at the chart, my chart goes back to July of 2014. And in July of 2014, it was trading, Microsoft was trading at about 40 bucks a share. So fast forward to October, November, December 2019, and the stock now trades at $152. So you've had, you know, basically a two-bagger right there. Um, you've had a double and then almost another double. That's an incredible return just if you were to buy the stock itself. The reason, though, that I like Microsoft is not just because the chart went up. And 
I'll get into the specific reasons. There, there are two reasons why I like Microsoft. So Microsoft's chart, and this is this is going to be, you know, I'm not going to pull out statistically significant results here. I'm going to talk about my gut feel in trading the stock and trading the derivatives, trading the calls, trading the options, and, and, and my experience with trading the stock over the past couple of years is that Microsoft's volatility is way less than the other big tech titans. And there are other people like my brothers, my brother and I, we kind of trade together. Um, we, we, we bounce a lot of the ideas off each other and he would disagree. He says that I just basically, I just am in love with the stock and, you know, it's really not that much more stable than some of these other stocks, but it just seems a lot more stable to me. It doesn't go down as much when the market tanks. It doesn't go up as much when the market explodes, but I'm okay with that because I don't, you know, I don't need a stock to go up 80% in two months and then lose 90% of it. Like that, 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 that's not fun for me. Okay. That roller coaster. What I like is steady, continuous growth. And that's what Microsoft brings to the table, which is, which is excellent. And the reason why Basically, it's the first thing I start with, um, with this podcast series. You know, I don't know how many episodes of this I'm going to do. I'm probably going to get like three, you know, three hits on this and nobody's ever going to listen to it. But I'm taking a chance. I'm taking a chance that y'all are going to want to hear just uh, the, the, the non-investment banker approach to trading and... I think there's a lot of people out there that, that that might might click with it, but we'll see. So the stability in Microsoft is the first reason why I like this stock. The second reason is that, and how do I how do I say this? I believe I believe that since Microsoft's dividend is the best dividend in the tech, the tech sector, that that's, and this is a great conversation to have with you all, because I know that there's going to be other people that, that pitch, that have other ideas about big cap tech that pay a dividend that could potentially, you know, work in the same way that this Microsoft uh, stock is working. But it doesn't from looking at the chart i just don't see that same magical chart that microsoft shows so what i'm going to do is now i'm going to kind of walk through how i trade this stock so what do i do with microsoft well microsoft is the easiest stock to trade in my book. It's a set it and forget it stock or option play. For the stock, I just dollar cost average in. So what I do is if I have 10 grand in, in, in stock, I will 
buy a chunk here or a chunk there. I'll buy a chunk every you know three or four weeks just to make sure that I'm dollar cost averaging because I have heard that's what you do. I don't necessarily know. I mean, I understand the theory behind it. It's that you mitigate the risk of a giant collapse in the stock market, meaning that if you just happen to buy uh, at the top and you buy put all your money in at one time, you could you know, be buying at the top and just lose a lot. But with a company like Microsoft, I just, I just don't see that happening. I, 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 I see this stock continuing to just float up unless there's a massive catastrophe. And if there's a massive catastrophe, um, then it's probably not going to matter when you bought it, honestly. Unless you, you know, bought back in July 2014 when it was $40 a share, you'd be fine. But nobody's going to do that right now. So so the idea is you just buy the stock, dollar cost average in over the course of three, four, six months, you know, put all your money into play. And then uh, just sit sit on it, collect the dividend, watch it go up. You know, it's a cash machine or it has been. I'm not saying I'm predicting the future, but it has been a cash machine. So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is is the way that that I I, I mainly play the stock. I use call options. So what I do is I take the stock and I look at and and if you if anybody who's new to options, and there's probably a lot of you who are, it's basically you buy a contract for a price. You're betting. You're basically betting that Microsoft is going to be at whatever price you select by whatever time frame you select. So, for example, if Microsoft is trading at $149.31 today and I want to buy a contract, a call option contract, I can buy a contract that says I think Microsoft is going to be $160 in six months, which means I can go to the June 2020 time frame and look at the 160 strike price and see that, okay, I can buy this for a you know, somewhere in between $5.25 and $5.75. What happens with call options is that, they, that if the stock goes up, if it trends the way that you think it's going to trend, the price for that contract will shoot up way more than the stock will ever go up. So if the stock goes up 1%, 2%, 3%, the contract of the call option is going to go up 10%, 15%, 20%. However, however, you know, it just goes up a lot more than the stock does. And this isn't a math guy podcast. So we're, we're not going to go into the, the, the specifics of the math uh, about this, but because this is amateur hour here, right? Like this is not a MIT quantitative finance guy talking about derivatives. Um, this is a guy 
who's made a decent amount of money buying these contracts at one price and selling them at a higher price. And I'm just saying that if you buy the contract for June 160 right now, if this stock that's at 149 goes back to its previous high of 152, that three buck gain would be, you know, 3% on the stock. Well, it would be 15% on the option. If it goes up past the 150, it goes to 155, 160, you're making 30%, 40% on that. And if it even goes up higher, considering that Microsoft has gone up from 50 bucks to 150 in less than two years, well, in about two years, you're to me that looks like a pretty safe bet like the 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 trend is there it's it's staring you right in the face um even during all the trade war stuff i mean microsoft churned back and forth but it did not collapse the same way some of these other stocks collapsed so you're gonna this is a good this is a good bet i mean if this stock pulls back at all i buy this stock i mean that's just how it goes whether i'm buying the stock or i'm buying the options so th th this thing is is good um if anybody listens to this and i doubt anybody will i'd love to hear your opinion i'd love to say see uh what you all think are there equivalent stocks that you think are better is there anything about what i've said today that just you just do not disagree do not agree with and you want to just do a hatchet job i'm gonna i'm a, I'm a grown i'm a grown adult i really don't care it's fine i'm gonna do do what i'm gonna do either way i'd love to hear that too because i love hearing alternative um ideas and listening as much as i like to talk i'll give you you know quick you know I don't really like to talk very much, <laughs> so this is this is a little bit interesting for me, but I think it's important. So let's do this. Let's look at, at the news a little bit, and let's see what's out there. So, okay, here we go. 17 hours ago, Investor Place, Microsoft stock should keep soaring in 2020 and beyond. 14 hours ago, why Microsoft stock can't keep reaching new highs. I mean, what is that? It's basically like they just love the stock as much as I do. Microsoft stock will remain the last Jedi. This is interesting. So um, Microsoft was just in a uh, contract competition with the U.S. government to provide the cloud computing services for the Department of Defense. It was, its main competitor was Amazon. So it's basically Microsoft versus Jeff, Jeff Bezos head-to-head. -head. Microsoft won. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's big. I was listening to people saying that that's at least $10 in the share price. This is a, a 10 year contract worth $10 billion. It's massive, massive amount of money. So the Jedi contract is huge. Um, this is an interesting one. Apple surpasses Microsoft as the world's most valuable company. So when looking at, this type of stock stable massive tech stock 
there's a few comparables and the only one that I think really makes uh, gives Microsoft a run for its money in being very comparable to Microsoft is Apple. And Apple we'll probably talk about them in a future episode. And Apple has a good dividend. It is very stable. It's about the same size. There's a couple things. There's two things why I like Microsoft more than I like Apple. And I'll just do the price action. The first thing is the price action. So I trade I trade both these 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 stocks. And the reason why I like Microsoft better than I, I like Apple is because in October of 2018, when Donald Trump decided to throw a grenade into the um, stock market, the Apple was at $232 a share and dropped down to $145 a share. So it lost almost $100 of its share price in, what is this, from 10-3 to 12-28 to Christmas, you know, Christmas bloodbath, which I, you know, sat through. If I ever get my uh, brother to do one of these shows with me, we'll probably talk about that day, Christmas Eve of uh, 2018, and you'll get a kick out of that story. But that's for another day. So when I look at Microsoft, I mean, Microsoft went down. but it only went down about 20%. I mean, it went from 115 to about 95. So, 20%. Apple went down a lot more. And I just, I'm not looking for these companies that have these massive crater, you know, the crater, right? I like the companies that are stable and that, generate money and that you can set it and forget it and you don't have to have a heart attack every time you look at it. So I mean you know going down from 115 to 95 is not the same thing as going from 234 to 142. I mean that that's that's 40 some odd percent. And that 40 percent drawdown is a lot. I mean, if you're holding the stock, it, it's not a life and death thing. But if you're trading the options that expire worthless, if you're not hitting a certain price by a certain date, having a 40% drawdown in your stock, you know, digs, digs a hole that you can't dig yourself out of more than likely. So that's why Microsoft is, to, to me, the better trading vehicle. So... I'll just spend two more minutes going through this news. I don't want anything that looks crazy or interesting. Oh, let's look at this. So if we are in for another December market plunge, here are the places to hide out. Let's see what CNBC thinks about where we should hide out. Do-do-do. Oh, 
Coca-Cola and McDonald's. Well, you don't talk about Microsoft at all. So why are you popping up on the Microsoft feed? Let's do one last look. Nope. Um, the reason why I opened this is because I wouldn't be surprised if Microsoft is looked at as a um, safety, uh, a safe haven during stock market collapse. I mean, that, that's why a company would go down, you know, half as much as other other equivalent companies. So last thing I'm going to do, I'm going to cut this off because I want to actually keep this as short as possible. We're going about 35 minutes. We might go 40 minutes is I want to look at some of the conversations because the conversations actually can be quite funny and pretty telling too, especially around earnings time. So what, what I do is when earnings come out, I run right to Yahoo conversations, Yahoo finance conversations. And I just listen to people like either cry or pop champagne. And, um, I find that to be funny because I'm a geek. Great rally. Vincent says great rally. The stock has basically become, uh, the stock has basically become made of tef of Teflon now. I apologize for not being able to read. Well, Vincent, you were right. Boris says, it is growing pretty quick. Microsoft is the safest stock. Every computer on the planet works with Windows. That's a obvious but very important comment. Oh, here we go. Here's Lewis, the Linux guy coming in. Do you even know what you're saying? As a daily Linux server admin, I can tell you that Linux doesn't even come close to Microsoft. It's like, what is, this is why I love this, because this guy's like, I don't even think his quote makes sense. He would say that Microsoft doesn't even come close to Linux, not Linux doesn't even come close to Microsoft if he's questioning this guy's ability to know what he's saying. In any event, people uh, are dyslexic, I guess. Can't can't hate on them. Merry Christmas to all those who bought at the bottom. Oh, Umba says money managers are quietly running to Microsoft. Value stocks are forming a V cycle to close out the year. Like, how's Microsoft a value stock? It's got like a forty P or something. Claudio says a strong buy equity in every uh, <laughs> a strong buy equity in every document in the street Ford Equity Credit Suisse but don't tell anybody don't really know what that guy's saying but I'll read strong buy so I'm pretty sure Microsoft is going to start making killer robots here in a few years so once they start taking and uh, dropping Terminators down onto the onto the streets, we might hate Microsoft. But until then, I say buy stock. I say buy options. If you're going to buy options, please do not go crazy. Know what you're doing. I am not a certified financial planner. I am this information I'm giving is not intended to be official investing advice. Please go to a professional. If you don't know what you're doing, you can lose a lot of money very quickly. 
if you're buying options and you you are you don't know how they mechanically work so please go to a professional again i'm saying this i'm trying to um cya a little bit here if anybody decides to listen to this podcast and go crazy on derivatives so please go to a investment professional this is just for fun this is not official advice all right well thanks everybody uh if you're listening all the way through here i owe you a drink you're probably one of 10 people but hopefully more will join and we're we'll build a little bit of a community where we can we can trade ideas so thanks again and looking looking forward to uh the next one have a good night here is the official disclaimer the stock market amateur hour radio program are provide are provided for general information purposes only and do not constitute accounting legal tax or any other professional advice visitors should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant financial planner lawyer or other professional all right i'm done good night y'all